What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of the Beer Barrel Podcast. I'm your host, Normal Vol fan, and I'm here with my buddy Tyler, and we're gonna be talking Tennessee Volunteer Football 2023. Man, we got six days left, and we got a lot to talk about. And this will probably be the last podcast before the season actually begins. So crazy. Yeah, I can't, uh, dude. I can't believe it's actually here. I feel like it's been what a year. Like I've what i i don't even want to get started last year we choked and you know whatever but <laughs> this year's a new year but um anyways let's get right into it so i want to talk about what the key changes are for the tennessee vols this year have they made any roster or coaching staff improvements in uh, since the previous season and how are these changes expected uh to impact their performance in 2023 so what do you you know Really hoping changes this year from last year. First, I'll say that probably the one change that looking at the most that everybody's going to have question marks is just because, yes, he was the quarterback's coach, but now he's having to take over as the offensive play caller. You know, Joey Halsey, you know, is he, you know, you would assume he's been with Hypo long enough. Hypo coached him. He knows the system. It's just, How's he going to be as a play caller? But do you really think he's going to call the plays? I think that he is going to have a leash at first. I think he will be calling plays, but he will be on somewhat of a tight leash at first just to see how it goes. So what I'm looking at with him is I feel like I feel like you're right. I think I think these first two games, I mean, you're versing Virginia and Austin P. I think I think Josh is going to get a feeling for him here but like i just don't see hypo giving him the offense in the swamp against florida i mean that game is important if you lose that game your season is pretty much done yeah so that is a must win game week three and i just don't see josh giving him the reins see the one thing that you know as a play caller they're you know they're looking all over the field at all times they're looking at personnel coming in and out and a lot of times you know you don't realize it but those a lot of those duties are you know, split between a bunch of people. One of the interesting things that I found out, you know, mid-season last year was like all, you know, when especially when they would cut to a scene in the box and, you know, you'd see all, you'd see the OC and everybody up there with him was, well, Hypel had each of those guys designated so they had a specific job. One of the jobs that one of the guys was, you had to pay attention. Was it their one personnel? Was it their two personnel? Who were they bringing in? And that determined a lot of the play calls. So, you know, a lot of the run plays that you saw in the beginning were, you know, their ones. But as soon as they would get them gassed enough and let them sub and they brought in those twos, that's when we would see the deep ball. And, you know, to us, we're thinking, okay, run, run. Now we're going to hit them with a deep ball. Maybe they don't see it coming. But from a viewpoint of the box, you know, those guys are up there going, hey, they're second, they're second string secondaries in right now. This is the time to do it. And that was kind of intriguing to me because it's like, you know, you don't think about those things, but all those guys up there have a very specific job. And then the OC is the one going, okay, it's time for this play now. Yeah, no, I are you, are you talking about those green, red, and blue shirt guys? No, no, no. It's it's the guys that are up in the box with the offensive play call, you know, usually with the offensive yeah. or defense corner, the, just the random guys that you see yeah. up there with headsets on. It's those guys. Now, we talk about Halsley. You know, are we going to see him on the field or is he going to be in the box? I think he's going to be in the box. See, I was kind of thinking about that last night. I was like, you know, he's the quarterback's coach. You want to well, be even as team. a even as a quarterback's coach, he was still in the box with Alex Golish. 
See, and I'm surprised about that because I feel like if you're a quarterback coach, especially like with Hendon Hooker, before the season even started, no one thought Hendon was going to be Hendon last year. Yeah. And you would expect like a guy like him to be on the sideline being like, yo, let's, you know, let's calm down, focus. This is what you got to do type thing. But I'm guessing he's just going to be talking to him on the phone like, you know, the NFL does, you know, kind of. Yeah. Just kind of phone down. Yeah. But I, and, go ahead. The initial question, the defense has got to be, you know, number one priority. We all know what the offense can do with who they got. We, you know, right. we saw such of it last year. Yes, there was a couple spots on the offensive line that are going to change, but mainly it's, you know, it's that defense. What, what is something new that they can bring to the table? And I think what they have this year that they didn't have last year was one depth in the secondary and two or more versatile players. You know, I just God, we, we were talking about this before. It's just after last year, I feel like Martinez really has to this year. I feel like if they don't do good this year, he's gone. Like, not even a question because that was the reason we were so bad last year. Our front seven last year was great. Like, you couldn't run the ball against us. Yeah. You know? So, and our linebacker room this year is way better in my eyes because I mean, yes. really all I hear is good things Arion Carter and obviously Aaron Beasley. And I mean, you got others that you know might surprise some people too because I mean, you got to have like a room of like four linebackers that could constantly be on the field and you know show that they could do something, yeah. And that's like you know, last year we had. Pretty much all of our, pretty much the linebackers that we played outside of one were pretty much you know downhill guys that were there to stuff the run. Jeremy right. Banks was a good sideline to sideline linebacker. He was a play the run guy. Secondary, he was a lot you know dropping into coverage. He was a liability. And I think this year, you know, even with Keenan Peely, you know he he's a big guy, very big guy. So of course, you know he's going to be probably that main run stopper. They're probably going to ask more of Aaron Beasley when it comes to coverage situations. But the one guy that, you know, and everybody's high on Carter, I am too. I think he's going to be, you know, he's going to be first team all conference for freshmen. I think he's going to be a dude that maybe even the leading tackle at the end of the season. But the one guy that I think people don't look at enough that is going to, I think that's going to play a pivotal piece in the defense this year is Elijah Harry. Because yeah. – if you watch last year, he was in on a lot of third down packages. And I think this year with him having more experience and he is that athletic linebacker that isn't just strictly, you know, a run stopper. So I think this year, as far as, you know, because last year third down was our Achilles heel. Third and long Achilles heel. There was, you know, people were converting third and 15s, third and 20s. And, you know, because we couldn't cover anybody. But a lot of that played to the fact is, you know, we didn't have the depth in the secondary and we were having to keep two linebackers in at all time. So, you know, whenever right. you run it, whenever you're running, you know, a spread offense and you're going, hey, we're just going to run a zero package, no running back, and we're going to throw the ball, we got two linebackers that are covering a tight end and a wide receiver. It's just, you know, you're going to get beat more likely. And, you know, somebody like Herring who can come in and he can play coverage. He's athletic. He They have him listed as 6'3". I think that's a little generous. 
because <laughs> he is his. If you see his brother standing next to him, I don't think he's six three. But you know, at the end of the day, he he's still he's that athletic guy that I think they're going to be able to bring in. You know, maybe somebody that you already got uh, to McDonald out on the field. You could bring in somebody like a Turrentine or somebody yeah, as that yeah. you know another nickel spot and leave Elijah in the middle to still you know hey if the quarterback takes off we still got a guy that's in the middle of the field, but if he has to drop, he can still play coverage. And I think he's going to play a pivotal piece in the third down package when it, you know, to help us out this year. Yeah. And, you know, and we were talking about it earlier, the death that we have this year is crazy. Cause the fact that we had a, a walk on playing in the Alabama game last year yes. is nuts. And that should never happen with the, with the school like us. Like that should never be a thing. Shouldn't be even a thought, you know. So the fact that we have, you know, Danico Slaughter, uh, Judy Lolly, McCullough, um, Kamal Haddon, Turnage, Tamari McDonald, you got all these names. You got even the young kids, Jordan Matthews, Ricky Gibson. Like you said, yeah. that you're showing them that hey, <laughs> you do bad, and I, I really believe this this year is if you do bad. Like especially these these older guys that this is probably their last year. I ain't playing that shit this year, and he's gonna say, "Hey, get him out." Yeah, put someone in there that wants to play and wants to do something, and let hey, put him in because you never know what's gonna come out come out with that, especially with the talented young kids they got. So, and I and I've been hearing crazy stuff about Ricky Gibson in fall camp. Yep. I heard he's destroying stuff in fall camp, and, and um, I'm not sure if it was. Calvary that said it, so don't get upset at me, Calvary, if I'm wrong about this. But was it him that said in one of your in your other episodes that he doesn't feel like we'll ever have a good or good enough defense because of how fast we play on offense? Was yes, it? yes, that was him. Okay. Yeah. All right, so I can see where he's coming from in that aspect, but this is where us having depth now is. I feel like it's going to change that because whenever you can roll out a second or third group that are equal to maybe not as good, but equal to who you have starting on that field, I think can make us a very good defense because you're getting fresh legs, fresh legs each series. And I think that's where, you know, you say, you know, Willie Martinez might be on the hot seat. And I look at it as an aspect of going, you know, he really didn't have much to choose from last year. Like you said, in the Alabama game, we're playing walk-ons. What are you going to do? Like, no matter who the coach is, Whenever you're taking a walk-on safety or corner and going, hey, man, I need you to go cover this starting Alabama wide receiver, that's almost asking way too much. Oh, and, yeah, because, I know, mean. And we got, and thankfully we got lucky with some bad Bryce throws. I don't know who was looking down on us on those, but, you know, <laughs> we said we got burnt bad with that corner. You, but, you know, you give, you give him, like I said, you he he produced when he was at Tennessee last time. He's got guys in the league that are doing really good, and I think now that you give him four or five, you know, four star athletes, some arguably probably a five star Jordan Matthews, in my opinion. But oh, yeah. you know, you give him guys like that in a deep rotation. I think you're going to see a way different defense this year because not only that, you're bringing in players who are smart. You know, like it's always good to have veterans, but whenever you get a young player that knows the game and can come in and practice with the best of them from an aspect of just a football mindset, right. as a coach, that gives you so much relief. And you can go, hey, I trust this guy to go out there in this situation. 
Yeah, and and still speaking of of defense, I mean, we kind of did struggle at getting to the quarterback last year. More and than I we don't have, more than we should have. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to be a problem this year. And and let me tell you, let me tell you, I think I think Joshua Josephs is going to have a fantastic year if he stays he- if he stays healthy. I think him on one end and uh, who is it? Um, Roman Harrison, yeah, or yeah, dude, these guys are long, fast, and they know how to play. Dude, I, mean, I would say I am a huge Roman Harrison fan. I'm a huge Roman Harrison fan because if you watch him, he can get to the backfield. The dude gets back there. It's just his problem of when he gets back there, he either over pursues or he slips and falls. If he yeah. can stay on his feet and square it up, he gets back there quicker than anybody we had last year. He has the skill set and the speed to do it. It's just that once he's back there, we need him just to like break down and just slow down a little bit. Yeah, slow down. Just just yeah. tackle the quarterback. Yeah. You know, you know, Happy Gilmore. Just find the hole. <laughs> Go to your home ball. That's all you got to do. That's yeah. all you got to do. Just sack the quarterback. And hey, another one. You know, actually, you know what? I'm going to ask you. One guy on the defensive side of the ball. Who do you want to have a good year? Someone that's going to play, but who do you want to be that guy this year for Tennessee? To be that guy? Yeah, like who do you want to show up that hasn't showed up in the past? I think the easiest bet would, you know, you want to go secondary just because those are typically the guys that, you know, in key situations are the ones that you're yelling at from the TV going, you know, how'd you let him buy you? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> how, did, how did he burn you on, you know – you want to go there, and you know you probably want to say somebody like a Danico Slaughter because the end of the year is so strong. He's finally at a consistent spot. He's not being bounced around so much. Yeah. They've got him walked in at corner. But man, the guy that I would really love to see because just his makeup as a player, how big he is, how strong he is, dude. I want to see Omari Thomas. Oh no, I thought you were going to say the same thing as me. Don't get me wrong though. I like I love Big O. Big O is just, dude, he's great. I love him. And, you know, I'll let you continue on with what you were going to say, but I thought me and you were going to have the same person. Well, now I'm curious, now I'm curious who you're going to say. No, well, yeah, you talk about Big O, though, because Big okay. O is the man. You know, he's good at stopping the run. Big O is good. And, you know, every now and then you he'd get in there, you know, for, you know, he'd get in on a sack, but maybe he was the second, third guy there. He, You know, he was getting home, but he was a little late. I just feel like he's so big and so long. I mean, his wingspan is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I would lo- I, I want to see him get his hands up more, and I want to see him get back there more. If, that's the thing. Our defensive line, I feel like we didn't get our hands up enough in certain situations, especially when you got, you know, you got Big O on, you know, a shorter Bryce Young last year. If we're, you know, keeping him in the pocket, if you get your hands up, you're going to mess some things up probably. But that's that's one thing that I want to see. I want to see him get his hands up more, and I'd love to see him get in the backfield more. But you know, if he's stuffing the run and he can bat down some balls, dude, let you know leave the leave the sacks to the edge guys. Yeah, and and you know, yeah, would I love to see him get a couple sacks? Absolutely. But my main thing is, especially against Alabama this year, they're going to try and run the ball down our throats. I think so too. I think and, it's going to be a whole lot of quarterback option. And I think Big O. Obviously, is a big factor, but my guy, and I, dude, I love him to death, bro. This guy, 6'2", 340 pounder, new number, 
Oh, okay. He, number 10, baby. <laughs> Elijah Simmons. Bro, I want him to have a good year. Like, I want him to be like, you know, they said it in one of the coaches' interviews where we want number 10 to show up every every damn game. Yeah. Because when number 10 shows up, dude, this defensive line would be so scary if Elijah Simmons could be good. If he can and I'm not stay, saying he's bad. He's just so he's, inconsistent. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to be able to get on the field. I don't think right. that, you know, it's, when he's out there, he's a disturbance because, you know, when you see the ball snapped, he's taking up two guys at a time. They're having to worry about him. Right. And, you know, a lot of the time, that's going to disturb the run whenever yeah. you're taking up two guys at a time. But it's just getting him on the field. It's not so much him in the game. It's just he's so injury prone. Like he's banged up right now. We don't know if he's going to be there for the Virginia game or not. You know, but if you can get him to consistently healthy, I'm sure he could be a very good player because he, you know, he's been there for a while now. He's, you know, Rodney's been coaching him up. He could do a lot. It's just got to get him healthy. Yeah. And hey, before we go to this next topic, I just want to put out there, and I know he's probably not going to see this, but someone could tell him Kamal Haddon, don't talk shit this year. Just yeah. do it on the field. Just do it on the field. You have the talent. Just don't just don't talk shit. Cause then you just oh God, I can't stand that. Well, give me, uh, so, give, me your, give me your bold prediction on this. Who are your top two that get pulled first for not like, being consistent enough on the field? Uh I don't think I think Slaughter's gonna have a good year, so I'm not gonna say Slaughter. Um see, and I this isn't a bold prediction because I don't know if he's even gonna start. But McCullough. I think McCullough's gonna be pulled. That's one of them. And uh, same thing with McDonald. McDonald, there's there's multiple guys that could play that star position. Yeah. And I heard he might not even start either. But if that if he does start, I think he's gonna have a short lease as well. Well we'll, we'll bridge into that because I'm curious to see who you think is, you know, you're starting your starting depth chart. I'm curious to hear that later. But I you know, I agree. I think Haddon and Tank are the first two that they probably pull the trigger on on you know trying somebody else that position just because the inconsistency that's at that's there well mccullough's just so slow yes. like he just he's more he has the talent he does have the talent. kind of like he's kind of like a like an off-brand isaiah simmons you know like <laughs> or, you know like he's not quick enough to be a safety but he's almost not big enough to be a linebacker and you're kind of just there in the middle and you're, you're in like, the what middle do we do with it yeah but anyways, we'll trust me. We'll get back to that. We're gonna yeah. we'll we'll wrap back around. But I want to talk about you know the insights into the team's goals and expectations for this year. I mean, coming off of last year, God, how can you not like? I mean, it's hard as a fan not to have that. Man, we're gonna go twelve and zero this year because because in my opinion, we could go twelve and zero. We have the talent. We have the coaching. It's just it's just getting over that hump. Yeah. I mean, we have the talent. We could do it. But I want to talk about what is, if you were the coach, what are your expectations for the conference side and then maybe a potential bowl game? Like, what do you what do you see us at realistically? You know, I so know. If, I, if I'm a coach, my first thing is, you know, making sure that the team is, the team's aware that they're not last year's team. Because whenever you're playing to that, well, last year team did this, we have to do this. Whenever you start chasing that mindset is when mis- big mistakes happen. So I feel like I hope that, you know, 
that the not that mindset of hey we got to do just as good as the team last year you know or we're going to be a disappointment to us as a fans yes that would be a huge disappointment if they're not as least as good as last year's team but you know like the picture that you know was getting posted in the locker room where Joe bought all the teammates you know had beats given to all the players yeah. in the in the note it said let's go win the east so I think, uh, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I like that because it seems like Joe is going, hey, let's make this goal one, let's make this goal two, let's make this goal three. Let's, you know, through the season, let's hit these goals, check them off, and not just look straight forward to, like, a national championship. Yeah, and I think he's right. He's he's going in the right direction with that, but I feel like if this team went game by game, like, hey, I get it's Virginia but you can't let one slip. Like you need to go into that game. Like it's your last game of the season, beat Virginia. You go one game at a time. And I think this team could do something special again. I mean, we go back to it like defensively. Our offense is going to be good. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The offense is going to be good. Joe Milton, Joe Milton's going to be good. I'm not going to say he's going to win the Heisman, but the dude's going to be good. This offense doesn't, really produce bad quarterbacks no and, it's almost hard to <laughs> yeah but going back to the defense man if we could have a top 50 defense i'm not even asking for a top 25 defense whatever top 50 this team is scary and you know what we have the defense and the depth to do it you know we the coaching side we could do it it's just game by game beat virginia beat austin p beat florida you know if you beat florida Hey, if we beat Florida in the swamp, I'm telling you, it's going to be scary for the next teams to come because I, I, I think that's going to be such a momentum thing yep. that this team's going to be like, okay, hey, we beat them in the swamp. We go to Alabama. We could beat them in Tuscaloosa. Yep. They're going to have that attitude. They're going to say, hey, you know, South Carolina, you ain't coming into our house and winning. Or A&M, you ain't coming into our house and winning. You know, it's just – that's all I, want to see, I want to see him be fearless. I just want the team. I just want to see him be fearless, especially Joe, yes. because, and I, I don't think Joe's ever been that been that guy lately. Like especially last year, you saw him go in. I don't care if it was against the the second teams and whatever for the you know Vandies and whatever he played for. Okay, yeah. but the dude came in. He threw two, ten touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's something, man. Like you have the talent. You, we know you got the arm, just have the touch. If he has the touch, scary good. I mean, he even proved it, in, you know, at the Clemson game. Cle, you know, Clemson's defense, Clemson's defense was good, arguably top ten in the country. Now we get now before everyone yells at us, we get that people were sitting out, but it don't matter. Clemson's defense was good, and the fact that and most Clemson fans say that, and it's like, well, then you guys gonna be good this year? Probably not. If you're saying your second team sucks. So just saying, putting that out there. Oh, their defensive, their defensive line arguably were all there, and they were still very disruptive. But you know, at the end of the day, he made big plays. He got the ball downfield. He was, you know, he was fearless throwing it. He was letting it fly. He didn't care. It. The only thing that you know, we did have some pretty quick three and out situations. His pocket awareness was a little iffy, and I, and I feel like that was Joe's one thing. Yet, you know, I think he dialed in on you know the touch on, you know, not throwing balls too deep, you know, hitting those five, ten-yard routes. But what I'm looking for is did he improve his pocket awareness? 
Because if he can improve that, he's going to be dangerous. And see, I'm not even worried about our offensive line. I, I, you know, I don't think I am either. Because I was a first. But, I mean, you got Spragans. If Cooper Mays is healthy, I mean, you got Spragans, Cooper Mays. You got John Campbell at left tackle. I have full confidence in him. He's going hard this offseason. And, I mean, if Cooper Mays is playing, you got Ollie Lang at left guard. I I mean, the dude's dude's a dog. He, he, could, do, he could do his thing. And I don't know who they're going to play at right tackle yet. Who knows? Uh, I think it's I think it's looking like Jeremiah Crawford. See, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not against that. That's I'm a guy that's that spent all. all last season. You know, yeah. the best. So you know, that's more experience. The whole what last year's left side of the line looked, or you know, like guard, left guard to right tackle. What that looked like, you know, like you, you still got Spragans, you got Crawford. If Mincy's got to play, Mincy played him and Crawford. You know, alternated all last year. I know some, you know, there's a lot of people out there that hate a rotating offensive line, but to keep them healthy in today's game, you have to. And it, that's just how it is. But the fact that, you know, we have depth at the offensive line, I'm not worried about it. Because even, you know, some of the freshmen that came in that you've seen on these practice videos, those dudes are massive. They look yeah. like SEC oh, yeah. offensive linemen. Oh, so yeah. I, and I'm not you know worried. who I'm most excited about, too? Addison mm-hmm. Nichols. Really? Yeah, I've been hearing great things. Oh, I have too, yeah. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I think it'd be smart to put, you know, let him, as long as Cooper is healthy, let him play, you know, behind him, let him learn the offense with Cooper. And um, because I'm, I'm pretty sure Cooper can come back next year, but I doubt it. He's not going to because he's got a COVID year. Yeah. But I doubt he comes back. But, you know, and that's – we were just talking about it, too, is having depth and having competition, okay? I want to talk about recruitment. I don't know if you follow recruitment like I do because I, I love watching these recruits. I, I watch some high school games, you know. But what is, like, the recruitment these past, we'll say, two years um, contributed to the team's depth and competitiveness in 2023? And I mean, are there any, sta- like, standout freshmen or transfers to watch out for? You know – it's no secret. When you win, you're going to get the big recruits. Oh, when yeah. You, when you're that team that's beating the Alabamas, that's making it to the Orange Bowl, whenever, you, whenever you're whenever you that team, you're going to start seeing these recruits because they're, you know, they're going, hey, that's a program I want to go play for. They're winning. They're producing, you know, with the draft this year, we had, what, four or five drafted? We got uh, Byron Young, Hennon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, Tillman, and Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright, yeah. So that's you know, five at least. That, you know, you got five guys that are drafted. You know, these kids in high school were high school are looking at this going, they're winning football games. They're getting the fancy stuff because they're winning football games. They got a fan base that would yeah. die for them. You know, there's no yeah. better, there's no better atmosphere than Neyland. Yeah, and, just just to put that out there, I'll fight somebody for any uh, just any Tennessee Vol football player. Like, yeah. I'm no I'm not I'm no big guy, but <laughs> I'll do something. I'll throw a stick at somebody. I don't care. You know, it, when when kids see this, you know, it's just it's a destination place. They're going, I want that. I want what they have. I want to yeah. be a part of what they have going on. And you know, as far as incoming freshman transfers, I think as far as incoming freshmen. My go-to is Carter because I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to have the most playing time out of all the freshmen. 
Yeah. Um, the I kind of I kind of go like by position, I guess, because it'd just be easier that way than trying to pick like two. You know, Carter linebacker secondary. It's kind of a toss up between Gibson and Matthews. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of them will see some playing time. Honestly, uh, defensive line, dude. I am Caleb Herring, man. Elijah's brother. That dude. When you see, he just looks like an edge rusher. Like his his build is. He's just he's long, and I've heard good things coming out of fall camp about him. I've heard you know he he's smart and he. He, you know, he just he plays like a veteran guy. Oh, yeah. I've been hearing great things. The one that I hope that they make some packages for just because of what I saw in the orange and white game and how dynamic of a player he is and how athletic, I hope they get Cam Seldon involved. That I dude is will. a freak. I think they will, and I'm not saying he's going to be – I wouldn't say he's going to play a lot. But he's gonna play. What I heard is he might be our starting kick returner. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's gonna yeah. play. He might not be on that, you know, the normal like offense. But yeah. Hey, and you know another one that you forgot because I said transfers too. Yeah. I think he's gonna be a stud, and I've been hearing a lot of good things about him. He's 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 freaking huge. Omar Norman Lot. Yes. Has been dude. That guy. Our defensive line man is so stacked this year. We have where, so, so much talent. Yeah, to where you're not really worried about who's coming on the field. You so, get Big O a couple minutes of break. You know, like yeah, you, Big O doesn't have the, to play all those snaps. No, because you got the Dominic Bailey's, the mm-hmm. Price and Eason's. You know, you you got the guys there. You, you got a committee. You know, and they're they all have the same type of play style because Rodney Garner, he's he's building what he wants. Oh and he, yeah, and we he's forgot not gonna, one. Yeah, like I mean. That dude has got everybody in line, and he knows what he's doing. We forgot one, and I think he's going to be a stud. Freshman or transfer? Freshman. Mm. Alongside, he's on the defensive line that I think he might get some playing time. Okay, yeah, I know who you're about to say. Who? Who? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I know. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, anyone wants to know? Chadavian Bradley. You're right. Dude's gonna be dude. He's six five, two twenty. Right. He's gonna get to the quarterback. I'm sorry to tell you, he's gonna. I, I can't wait to see him play. And he's doing great things, doing peer recruiting, trying to get people in, young guys to come in, because you know that's what we need. You know, we need those guys. Like, yeah, he wants playing time. Obviously, who, who doesn't? Yeah. But he's telling those guys like, uh, I can't. I can't think off the top of my head, but. That he's telling those big, you know, four-star, five-star guys, hey, come to Tennessee. You're going to get developed here, you know. Yeah, so, and, you know, whenever you're hearing it from a guy who was that guy in high school, now he, you know, he used to be who he's telling people, you know, like he was that guy. So whenever yes. you're hearing it from somebody who's in it, mm-hmm. not even a, in a full year yet, and he's already going, hey, this is where you want to be, people are going to start listening. And you know, yeah. yes, he you know he stuck behind the Josh Joseph, James Pierce, you know all the guys that are. But I still think we'll see him on the field. But I think this is going to be one of those years where he he's going to be like Josh Joseph was last year, where you're going to yeah. see him periodically. But it, a lot of it is just going to be getting him the experience, and then next year I think he's going to be a big time role player. Oh yeah, and uh, I forgot to even say with recruitment, 
being this this postseason ban being gone and away from the recruiting side, I think we're going to see it more next year in 2025 with, and especially, oh my God, Tennessee is loaded with talent next year. I think we have four or five, five stars just in our state. Yeah. Can't let them go. Got to take them. Got to bring, bring gotta them. Got to get those Lipscomb Academy boys. Oh my God. And it's great because you got Edwin Spillman. Edwin Spillman's at Lipscomb. You got um, Caleb, Caleb Beasley. Beasley. Yeah. You got all these guys and even like a Deuce Knight. Yeah. If we could sneak Deuce Knight in, because I know he's going to announce here soon. Yep. But if we could sneak a Deuce Knight in, I mean, a lot of these guys are going to want to come play. Yep. And, uh, but anyways, we'll move on because we're going to get back to that. I guarantee it. But in terms of our schedule, and I know everyone knows the, you know, Alabama and all that stuff, that's going to be a big game. But other than Alabama, other than Georgia, what are the most anticipated matchups for the Tennessee Vols this year? How are they preparing for these challenging games, too? I want to know that. What do you think is going in? Are they even focusing on it yet? Because, like you said, and we talked about before, do we really have to focus on like that Texas A&M game yet? Because that's coming off a of bye week as well. So do you, yeah. you really don't have to think about that game yet, and you shouldn't be thinking about it. Uh, you know, I'm at first, the most anticipated one for us right now. I think should be Florida, just because it's in the swamp. Mm-hmm. As you know, as fans and looking at who Florida has, because I'm just going to say it, I don't think Graham Mertz is going to be any good. I I just no. I don't think it's going to happen. If he is, prove me wrong, but. As of right now, I don't think he's going to do anything for Florida. I still hate him. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think that's just going to be the most anticipated, just because it's at the swamp. We're you know we haven't won there in a while. Right now, that's you know that's the game you're probably looking at, preparing for wise. You know I I don't think that you know Heupel. Of course, he's going to make a big deal about it, but I would say the one that he has marked on his schedule more than any game, I think, is that South Carolina game. Yeah. Um, that's. I wouldn't even say it's a big game because it's not. It's not a big game, but it's just the game that is circled because of what they took away from us last year in a playoff spot and Hendon. I think you know it was just it was one of the. I think Heupel has it circled, and I think if he has the ability to hang a hundred on him, he's going to do it. Oh yeah, and you know, I hate to tell these South Carolina fans. Spencer Rattler didn't prove shit last year. Nope. Dude did absolutely nothing the whole season. Had one good game at the end against us, which, hey, I'll give it to him. He did have a good game. The dude threw it out against us. To be fair, the only secondary who we were better than was probably Vanderbilt. Right. (laughs) We were, like, almost last in secondary defense. So, like, it's – You know, is it really saying anything that you could secondary? (laughs) You know what? Hey, I want to see Rattler do that against Georgia. Not gonna happen. No, it's not even gonna happen against Kentucky. <laughs> hey, don't sleep on Kentucky. And oh, I'm not even saying yeah. I'm no. not even saying that because of the, the podcast name. <laughs> I people are sleeping on Kentucky, and I don't care oh, what I people don't. are saying. I'm not saying they're gonna win eleven games, but oh they're, they're gonna win. Yeah, they're, they're gonna, gonna win. make some games interesting. Yeah. And uh but yeah, I think I mean any Areas of concern is really the secondary because I'm not worried about the linebackers. I'm not worried about our defensive line. I'm worried about our secondary. I'm not worried about our offense either. So it's like if our secondary could just show up and be 20% better, this team is going to be scary. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's not like the, 
it's not like the defense had anything detrimental that they had to go, we got, you know, we got to fix this, this, and this. And as far as the secondary, really, when you when you look at it, third down was just, like I said, was the Achilles heel. And it has been the last two years. And, I, you know, I attribute that to who we had as players back there. We didn't, you know, those guys, they were a put-together secondary outside of Tank and Trayvon Flowers. But, you know, it, if they can just fix that third down, I think then a lot of those issues are going to go out the window. Because what the, what had me heated at the games more than anything is whenever we would be third and four, third and five, and we've got DBs playing 15 yards off the wide receiver. That irritated yeah. me more than anything. Because yeah. there was barely, very rarely was there anybody trying to hit us on the deep ball. It was all of these 10-yard in, you know, 10-yard in, 10-yard out, curl routes. You know, they were just they were just doing little dig routes and just going down the field. They want anything deep. Right. Because the teams couldn't run on us either. There was very, yeah. very small amount of games where you were worried about the run. Even and the I Kentucky game. Yeah. The Kentucky I, game. I see it from Tim Banks's point of view. You know, you don't want to. You want to keep everything in front of you because you don't want to get on. You don't want anybody over the top of you because you know they're just going to score quicker. But whenever you're playing 15, 20 yards deep as a corner, and they're you know they're throwing these little quick routes. That's the reason you're staying on the field longer. That's why your defense is gassed more, not because the offense is scoring so quickly. It's because you're continuously let them drive because they're converting these third and fourth downs. And yeah. as the season went on, teams were going for it a lot more on fourth down against us just because they knew that five-yard curl route is going to be open because yeah, our guys were bailing as soon as the ball was snapped. And you're right. Very, very seldomly you'd see a deep ball. Yeah. Like you, you, Oh God, dude! It, nothing pissed me more pissed me off more than that. And because when and they did try to, when they did try to go deep, our you know Byron Young was getting home to the quarterback. Right, exactly. You, know, you don't have pass, time. The pass rush was there for if they tried the deep ball, but yep. like you know, I'd almost I would have much rather seen them play man coverage and get burnt and us have a better chance of sacking the quarterback than continuously see these five ten yard you know, passes that nobody's near them and they're not even getting contested. Yeah. The worst is when my thing is, is, you know, man, our linebackers weren't that great at covering those, you know, little screen plays either to where, you know, the only game that really comes to mind that we showed up was the Kentucky game. Why can't we get that defense every, every game? Like, I think it was. Per, I think it was, honestly. I'm gonna think it. I, I want to say it was personnel because I think I could be wrong. So don't hold it to don't hold it against me, viewers. But <laughs> I think that was the first game that we saw turnage and slaughter at the corner position. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think that was the first game that they both played that position, and it worked. Yeah, you know. And, it, I don't know. You know, after that, I think Slaughter may have got, you know, Turnage got hurt because Turnage is also a very injury-prone player. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but like you said, I I think Slaughter already has that one corner spot locked down. The other one, I'm not a huge Kamal Haddon fan. I'm not. He Like you said, he talks way too much, and he cannot back up that talk. He's not that good of a corner. But I think because of – 
him being a senior player, being, you know, somewhat athletic at that position, I think you're going to see him as that starting corner. But I think out of everybody in the secondary, he is going to have the shortest leash. And that one mess up or that one time he's mouthing off, I think he's going to get pulled. I don't, I don't doubt that one bit. Now, uh, I want to hop into talking about, you know, are there any like notable storylines or off-field developments such as new facilities or community engagement uh, initiatives that are shaping the Tennessee Vols this year? You know, I really want to talk about that. Uh, oh God, I you know, I really read into it just a little bit, but that little um, tabletop thing they're doing over the uh, parking thing. Yeah. yeah. The G10 Yeah, I think that's going to be something good for, you know, especially the young recruits seeing that there's they're building around the stadium. They're trying to make, you know, the game day experience even better than what it is already. Yeah. So, I mean, me and you both know how you don't really need to do that because I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying you really don't need it because the game day experience already is just fantastic. No, it is because, you know, it it's – it's a true college town. It's not, and it's not a stadium that's surrounded by like a city per se. You know what I mean? Like Neyland is in it, in itself is an experience. Right. Seeing it up close and in person is, you know, it, it's just, it's one of those that anybody that goes for the first time, they don't forget it. And yeah, exactly. And it, I don't, I don't think there's much that needs to be done in that aspect. I know a lot of people were upset about that possible add-on to G10 because it's been such a staple. You know, like G10 is the most notorious parking garage on campus. That's it. That's the spot. And you pay a a lot to go. uh, Yeah, you pay a lot. That's what you got to get friends to get in that tailgate. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I know know there were talks about putting in that hotel possibly next to it. One, I don't see where they're going to put that. Well, there is a little spot that I'll I'll show you off off stream, but uh, there is I can't a spot. Imagine, I can't imagine what it would be to stay there for the night on you know for a Friday, oh, on, uh, yeah Friday night to Saturday night yeah, yeah. right bro it's gonna be <laughs> like five hundred for the night yeah no yeah. I'll just drive up the same you know yeah or I'll stay you know thirty minutes away grab an Uber and come in you know? exactly yeah a lot cheaper <laughs> yeah but anyways I mean going straight into the fan base I think. I don't think I've seen a, a fan of Tennessee on even just Twitter even be negative at all. Cause I think, I think the expectation is, is the lowest we should go. And it's true. I think nine and three is our, is our four. And yeah. I think 12 and 0, 11 and one is a, is a great possibility. It's just depending on what, what the stuff we talked about earlier. So, but I want to know what, what, what do you have? What have you seen? with the fan base enthusiasm and support of the team this year and um, any initiatives like we just talked about to like the Vol club, any initiatives, you know, to enhance the game, game day yeah. experience. In, uh, Vol club done a lot. They've done a lot as far as the fan base, you know, and I think a lot of it is coming down to for such a long time. We were so bad. We were in such a bad spot mm-hmm. that, you know, these guys, these older guys who grew up in the good era that were, you know, that were there for the national championship season, that didn't miss a game. You know, 
they all fell off. You know, they they were kind of sitting in the shadow, just going, okay, just get through the season again. But I think those, you know, all the all of those people are coming back around. Yeah. You know, last year I think was it they were like, hey, you know, we we got something again. And I think this year you're gonna see see it a lot more. You know, and even being in the stadium, there's still very much of an older fan base. You know, there there's people that I've seen. I'm like, probably you know, like I feel bad that you're having to walk this far up to sit in these seats because you probably shouldn't. Hey, remember but, my dad for college yeah, game day? Yeah, exactly. Hey, but, and you know, just to bring some uh, insight to that, why I said that is my dad's first game to, you know, Neyland was the Florida game. And college game day was there, and my poor dad wore you know work boots to that game. And he didn't really, yeah. jacket. <laughs> yeah, he had no idea how much walking was involved to go yeah. to this football game. So but, go on, keep talking. No, no, you know that's it's just the dedication of the fan base, man. You know, it's it's one of those that no matter the age, when when you're producing something on the field that somebody wants to watch, they're gonna show up. Oh, just yeah. like you know, just like in recruiting, if, when you're producing something. It's going to, you know, the rest is going to fall in place. Yeah. And, you know, going right into back into the team aspect, um, I want to talk about if you were a coach, going back to that statement, if you were the coach, who are your captains this year? Captains. And I mean, we all know Joe should be probably a captain. Notoriously. Yes, they are the captain, but you know, out. Let's ex, you know, let's exclude Joe for a minute. Let you know. Let's say that. Or how many? How many do I get to choose from? I, I guess how many spots am I filling? I think usually, I'm pretty sure, isn't it usually five? It's four. I think they run out four usually at the coin toss. We'll just we'll go with five. Pick All five right. things. We'll go with five. Okay. Let's ex, excluding Joe. I think it has to be. On offense, I think it has to be Cooper, mm-hmm. Spragans, and man, I'm gonna say Keaton. Okay, I'm I'm not I'm not upset about it. I'm not Keaton, upset. Keaton is he's even over Brew over Brew. I'm gonna I'm gonna take him over Brew because Keaton has been through it. He has stuck with this program since coming out of high school, and it's paying off for him. That I'm going with Keith as a captain over Bird. Okay, so you got three on offense. Yeah, and then I'm going to say on defense, I'm going to go Aaron Beasley. Yep. And see, I think you might have two linebacker captains. You very well could. I I'm going to I'm probably going to go Aaron Beasley and Big O. Okay. Oh, see, I'm not mad at that, and nothing against Paxton Brooks. Yeah, but I just don't get it, dude. It's just because you got to show love to the special teams guy. And again, I'm excited for our kicker, dude. Yeah, but yo, I just I truly believe that you should have like a linebacker and maybe a lineman or or even a DB, someone that shows that you know they have the leadership skills. But I mean, I guess you. I mean, I guess you could say you could put Tank out there just from the aspect if he plays. If he plays, yeah. It, but it, it seems like, you know, Willie Martinez is his comments the other day in the interview. It sounded like he kind of solidified him as, a, you know, one of the starting safeties. So, Which I mean, is fine. I get, I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. You know, I, I get it. 
he's your veteran guy. He's played, you know, he's played the most snaps. And so I, I totally get why you bring him out there first. I just hope it doesn't turn into a mistake. That's that's uh, my thing. And if it does, I hope they catch it by before the Florida P. game. Yeah, I hope they catch it by Austin P. And they make that fix. That's the I'm hoping that when they see a problem, they fix it quick and they don't let it ride too long. Exactly, and you couldn't have said it per- more perfect. Now we we said who we'd probably be, you know, the captains if we were the coach. Yes, I agree. I think those are the guys. I might flip Keaton and Brew just because Brew's Brew, and yeah. um, but. If you had, and there's no limit to who, how many you could pick, but realistically, who can you see going all conference in their spot, in their positions? When, you know, I'm not worried about the like all American honors or whatever. I'm, I'm saying first team, second team, third team, whatever. Who's going to be those all conference guys this year? Uh, offensive line, definitely Cooper and Spragans. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I even see uh, J.J. Crawford if he shows up because if he plays right tackle and does, yeah. and I'm not saying he has to be a Darnell Wright because Darnell Wright was shut down. Yeah, and but if he could do half, he could do a quarter, like half to seventy five percent. Just oh. just protect Joe. Yeah, yeah, it, but I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Cooper. I'm gonna say Spragans. Um, at the wide receiver spot, man, I. I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna go Brew just because I think he is gonna he's your he's gonna be your go to guy. Did you he know, get, did he get I'm pretty sure he got it last year, didn't he? He may have been like second or third team. Yeah, so I'd throw him but, on there. I mean, he had almost 700 yards. So yeah, um, you know, I do this. This might be a bold prediction, but I think Jalen Wright. I don't think that's bold. I think that's smart. I, I, I think I think he is gonna have. He, he's he should be our number one. He should be our number one. I know we haven't got to the depth chart yet, but that I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that is my running back one. Oh, me too. They ain't you ain't surprised me none. If it was <laughs> me, it'd be him. But I mean, like you said, Brew. I could see if Dante Thornton has the year everyone thinks he's gonna have. I think he should be an All Conference guy. And the only um, reason, yeah, he should be. I just, I, I don't know enough about him yet. You got to see it. Yeah, you, you're yeah. one of those. You got to see it. Yeah. And the tangibles are there. Six five, four four. I mean, dude's like two fifteen. Dude's gonna be a stud. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even Keaton and Squirrel White, they go both. It, the, it's hard to separate them because no, it, the offense has so many possibilities. Right, and you know what? So many possibilities. Yeah. Well, and Jalen Wright's another one. Jalen yeah. Wright could have a breakout year. And uh, we'll go right into the defense then because defense might have a little bit of less, you know, conference guys this year. Yeah. But I, I'm going to say, you know, I think I think Peely will end up being one. If if we continue blitzing Beasley like we did toward the end of last year, I think he has a very good shot at it just because yeah. he is really good at getting to the quarterback on the delayed blitzes. Um, man. Man, you said, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to say think, Joseph's. Yeah, I think so too. I think Josh should have a good year. And this is one of those years where, like, I'm not saying it's make or break for him, but like. You got you got James Pierce on your heels right now. Yep. And that's so, another one I heard he's he might be getting he, a lot of playing time. I did too. And 
they said the only thing that's really kind of separating the two is that, you know, Pierce had more sacks on, you know, on paper, but his were more in garbage time against games that were blowouts where you had, you know, Josh Joseph, who is taking down Jaden Daniels at the LSU game. You know, so he may have had more in garbage time, but, you know, whenever you got a guy who's sacking, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC and getting to him, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a gap there. Right. But I think James Pierce is on his heels now. I think he has closed that gap this fall. And I think we may, I, I think we may see like equal split time between the two. Yeah, no, I, I definitely can see and you that. Might, you might even see them both on the field at the same time in a pack, in like a third down package to get the speed on the edge. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. That'd yeah. be nice. And that, another one to me is, is Big O. Obviously, I think Big yeah. O. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he was he. He could have been like a third team guy last year. He might have been, but I can't. Don't you know? Don't yell at me if I'm wrong, but I'm, for some reason, I mean, he had a good year last year. Um, but um, the final thing I want to talk about, and the most exciting thing for you, I think, is talking about this def chart. Um, yeah. We'll go, you know, back and forth. So we'll start with you. I mean, we're not going to go quarterback. Joe Milton's a quarterback. Yeah. Um, but we'll start at running back. Who's who's one, two, and three to you? I know, I know we both say Jalen Wright, but I honestly believe that he is going to – I think he's going to be the first running back you see. I think that he's proven it in camp. I think that, you know, Jerry Mack has seen the hit with the work that he's put in. He is completely – I know that coaches say all the time, oh, this guy changed his body over the offseason. He's a new player. But you can clearly see that Jalen Wright is a new player. He does not look the same as last year. He's beefed up. He's not, you know, he he's more of an all-around back now. Yeah, he's looking like he's not scared to get hit. He's going in. And... If he fixed his fun, if he fixes his his fumbling problem, dude, sky's the limit for that kid. Yeah, and I think I had him as number eight in my top ten SEC running backs. I think he could easily be top three. Oh, if, if he plays like how you just said. Yeah. So, all right. Um, I agree with you. So, mine's the same. Who's your number two? Number two is going to be Jabari Small. It's just because, you know, he he's still, you know, he's that third down back when you need short yards. When you're in the red zone, you know, he's who they go to. He's the trusted guy. You know, he he's their trusted guy. If he stays healthy, you know, he's always had that shoulder problem. If he stays healthy, you know, we have a three-headed monster running back there. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it – See, I di- this is where I disagree with you. I think Dylan Sampson should be number two. And I'm not saying by a long <laughs> shot. Yeah, I could see that. I'm saying, to me, is if you keep having, like, a Jalen Wright – like, and this is where the death comes in, is, you know, if you're subbing out a guy every now and then – or every other drive or whatever. Yeah. You have a Dylan Sampson who's got the speed. Yeah. I mean, he's he, we've seen the burst that he has. Um, not no hate against Jabari Small because Jabari Small is amazing. And like I said, it's like that little smidge to me. Yeah. Like, I think it's so close to where you could make one or two and three either or. But I would like to see Dylan Sampson with a little bit more of a role this year. Uh, and I think he will because I think last year – he just had to prove that he 
belonged where he was at. Mm-hmm. He gained the trust of the coaching staff because he protected the ball. He made big plays. So I think this year you are going to see a tandem of running backs that are going to do some damage. Yeah, and I mean we know who the first four wide receivers are. Who are the who are the ones that you'd like to see play a lot in that garbage time to where because you have to be you got to be careful with these guys because. Yeah. Year, you don't want them transferring out because you got yeah. like a Mike Matthews come in, you got you got Braylon Staley, you got all these big, you know, shots, even maybe even Ryan Wingo. Who knows? And see where his recruitment goes. I mean, yeah, I so, definitely, I you know, Caleb Webb, Chaz Nimrod, Nathan Leacock. I, I wouldn't mind even seeing Spillman out there a little bit. No, I wouldn't either, but I think. During that garbage time, because it's hard with those four main wide receivers, you know, and also I I beg the coaching staff, if we're up like four touchdowns, take them out. We don't need anyone getting hurt. This year, yeah, this year you definitely, once you've gotten to that that point of no return, you got to, I mean, you got to take them out. Like like Virginia, if we're up 28 nothing at halftime, yank them. You're going to win the game. Yep. I don't care if we score 70. Like, I'm good with winning 28 to whatever. Yep. Like, I don't care. I just want to win and keep everyone healthy because we need everyone healthy. And I think everybody healthy. wants to see Nico as much as possible. Dude, and I've heard good things about Nico, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fact that Josh Heupel is confident that he could come in right now and produce. Yeah. Next year, you better watch out. Oh, did, didn't he say he was like he's the smartest quarterback he's ever seen or something like that? Yeah, and the dude's got arm talent. Not Joe Milton arm talent, but, I mean, the dude could throw some dots. You saw it in the orange and white game. Just that little taste to Ethan Davis. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so going into the tight ends, I mean, you got Jacob Warren and Ethan Davis to me. I'd like to see Emmanuel Okoye play. This kid has the tangibles to be something crazy special. Oh, absolutely. And, um. I'd like to see him get a couple of garbage, you know, play garbage time snaps. I think we'll definitely see him. I think more with him is they're still in an adjustment period with him because he just started playing football what last year. Right. It's really it's just the the athleticism he has. Oh, the athleticism, his athletic ability is through the roof, you know, that right. That, but I think that it's going to be more of like like I said, it's it's more of just a learning period. They're trying to get him adapted. You're taking a guy who really doesn't know much about football, and you're putting him in one of in in the best offense in the country. And you know, it's pro- it, it's probably a very complicated offense to learn at first. Then you you know you learn as you go. But you know, just getting him adapted, I think, is going to be the key thing this year. But I I do think that you see him in like the Austin P game and the UConn game. You know, I well I think he'll make an appearance. I don't think it'll be that much. You may see him on special teams more than anything. Um. But as a as a tight end room, man, I still think we I still think we have a decent tight end room. You know, it, oh, it's yeah. it's it's gonna be hard to replace, you know, like the Princeton fan because Yeah, I don't I think we replaced him. Dude, Fant Fant was good, man. No, you know, he was. He was. You know, I love Fant. But, but I mean, Castles, they you know, I've heard some good things about him. I heard that yeah. he, he's a good blocker. I've heard that, you know, he, he can split catch. out Yeah, he can split out to the slot if he wanted to. You know, I've heard good things about him, and I hope he does really well. I think we'll see a lot of Ethan Davis because 
it sounds like he has proven himself to the team and to the coaches. He's made some big plays in camp. So, you know, I, I think just like the running backs, I think you're going to see all three rotate in pretty often. Yeah, and I can't remember, but McCastles, the dude's a big man, dude. He's a big guy. He is a big guy. And he, like, put, I think they said he put on, like, 15, 20 pounds of muscle when he got to Tennessee. Oh, yeah. You see that picture that he posted yeah. or whatever? Yeah. They said he he was a skinny guy coming in, but then once he hit our weight training program, they said he put on some serious muscle. <laughs> he's 6'5", six, he's six, 250. Yeah, that's a big dude. <laughs> It's a very big dude. And the and you know what he reminds me of? And I'm not saying he's going to turn out to be like this, but, like, he reminds me of a Gronk. I watched him in fall camp catch a couple passes. I'm like, dude, I'm like, if he was in a normal offense, because Tennessee, we don't really throw to the tight ends a lot because they're mainly for blocking. But, like, if he was in, like, a like on a Georgia where they use the oh, tight yeah. ends a lot, yeah. he'd be – He'd be nuts. He's going to be one of those guys that NFL, he's definitely going to catch the eyes of some NFL scouts, especially if he's making some catches, just because he is that prototype of what they look for. Yeah. You know, and if he catches some balls, he's going to, you know, he's going to have NFL teams looking at him. And now you're going, and now you're taking that and going, hey, now our tight ends are getting involved in, you know, in the draft. Getting looked at. Speaking of tight ends, oh my God, you know how bad I wanted them to pick Jason Witten to be the tight ends coach? <laughs> just imagine that as a recruiting yeah. standpoint. Yeah. A Hall of Famer just coming in and yeah. just be, being that guy. Oh my God. You'd get all the tight ends that want to come. Dude, speaking of coaches, I don't think anybody's like talked about it. But and it, it was like when they announced it, nobody like really made a big deal about it. But when I saw it, I was like, that actually, like that's a very good pickup as a coach, and he's going to end up being a really good coach. Is McKin- We brought in Mackenzie Milton. Yeah, that used to, he like, used to be the quarterback at. Uh, you yeah you yeah yeah like, no. But he, well, he was he was under Scott Frost at first, but Heupel was still his offensive coordinator before he got hurt. But dude was he was a heck of a quarterback, and now you brought him in as like an analyst. Like I think that's that's a pretty good pickup as a you know like a a coach that. Kind of flew under the radar. Nobody... Didn't he have like a insane? He was the quarterback during their twelve and zero year, wasn't it? Yes, he was. Yeah, he. Uh, he was, he I think, was good. And he ain't gonna be. I'm pretty. sure, Don't get me wrong. The analysts aren't they up in the booth too? Yeah. And dude, him Halsley, like, come on, like, yeah. you have quarterback development. Like, if I'm George oh, yeah. McIntyre, <laughs> I'm coming to Tennessee because look at Josh Heupel and what he could produce. Yeah. Like. Oh, man, I'm so excited for this year, bro. Anyways, let's get to the defensive side. We already talked, so I'm not going to say, let's not talk about the defensive line because I feel like those are just obvious, and they substitute a lot. So, like, everyone's really going to, you know, pretty much play. We know the main guys. Um, Linebackers. (laughs) I think we already know who we're going to see on defense mostly. I'd I'd like to hear who you think should be out there. For what position? Let's just go through every position. Like, cause like I said, as a defense as a whole, we know who's probably gonna come out of there. It's pretty evident who they're probably gonna throw out there. So even let's let's bring up the defensive line. Who do you wanna see as that starting lineup on defense? All right. Well, I'm gonna go the boring answer. I mean, everyone knows Big O is gonna be out there. Big O, like you said, probably should be a captain. Um that's just my opinion. Yeah. Oh god, dude. So I don't want to say Tyler Barron. I don't. 
know, I know. But Tyler Barron's gonna play. Don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's absolutely gonna play. But if if it were me and I'm Rodney Garner, I'd be putting in those younger guys like a like we were talking about. You got you got James Pierce, Joshua Josephs, Roman Harrison. Roman Harrison's uh, to me should be starter. I, I, he is. I think he is starting. From yeah. What I was, oh, okay. Yeah. My other uh, tackle right next to uh, Big O, guy I talked about earlier, Omar Norman Lott. I think he should be the guy that starts. Yeah. Not necessarily the the main super guy, but um, you know. But on the other end, I mean, you got Josephs on one. I think Josephs is going to be like a one of the starters that comes out. And then I think you see Roman on the other side, but you got, like I said, James Pierce. I think you'll see Kate, like you said, Caleb Herring. I think he's going to play uh, Davian Hobbs. If he could stay healthy, I think he'll be on the field. Um, Yeah. I mean, Oh, Elijah Simmons. There's a lot of speed in that defensive, defensive line. Right? Yeah, dude. A lot get of to the quarterback, please. Yeah. Please get to the quarterback. Especially Spencer Rattler. I want to. Oh man, I just want to see him on the ground all game. Gosh. But um, I mean, even uh, I wouldn't be mad about Tyree West either. No, I mean, I feel he's gonna get some significant playing time. Oh yeah, me too. And I, there's a, and once we get to these quarter, uh, the linebackers, there's a couple that I think might get some playing time too. Yeah. Um, even another young guy. So. But uh, what about you? I mean, other than what I, I, I agree. I think, I think, in the, the thing about Tennessee is, even on even on the offensive side of the ball too, it's all packages. Just because who they might announce on the jumbotron before the game as a starters, that might not be who you see comes out on the first drive, just based off of what they think the other team is going to show first. Right. Uh, but I. Me personally, I think as the front, I think the first guys that you see come trotting out there is I think you're going to see Roman Harrison. Mm-hmm. I want to say Lot, but really it's kind of a coin flip between him and Bryce Neeson. I don't know which one's going to come out there. See, I um, wouldn't be mad about him either. Yeah. Um, Big O. And then, man, I, I've heard this. I heard this player. I don't know if it's true, but I've heard that he is probably going to be the guy who comes out there first just as a true defensive end is Dominic Bailey. I heard a lot of good stuff about him. Yeah, so I've heard that he could be the guy that trots out there first and then, you know, second, third down situation, then they're going to bring in somebody like Josephs or Pierce. Um, But I've heard that Dominic Bailey might be, you know, one of the starters that you see come out there. See, and that this is an amazing problem to have. It is. I, I do like I you could put any one of these guys on the field, and I'd be happy. Yeah, like it, it is not a bad thing to sit here and go, man. I don't know who we're gonna start. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time we like that's actually been a problem in a good way. Yeah, and that's just like the linebackers. I think we have a stacked linebacker room. Oh, absolutely. Where you know, I wouldn't say like. <sighs> And I don't know if you have anything else to say about the D line, but you know, um, they were pretty going in, Yeah, but going into the linebackers, I mean, I, we we know Peely and Beasley are going to be those starting yeah. guys. Arian Carter is going to be 
another one that plays a lot. But another one, I mean, another young guy is Elander. Yeah, dude, that kid—he looks the part too. Like him and Carter. Yo, does he not look like a like one of those goth kids you would see in high school? Like, oh yeah. man, though he, he he bulked up too. He did. He did. It, I don't know what him and Carter did in the offseason, but whatever they did, they did it together. Oh yeah, dude. They they all look real good as it comes to you know looking the part, but. Another one of those that you could see, especially in a third down situation, you could see Caleb Perry out there. That is a tall linebacker. Yep. He's not necessarily a big guy, but he, you know, he's tall, he's long, he's quick. That could be another guy that you see out there as just another coverage guy. I think Elijah Herring too. Oh, I think, absolutely. And then think, you got Gar- and then the you got Garland too. Yeah, I, is he back healthy? Is he? I think he's out again, isn't he? Is he? I think so. I don't think that. Dude, there's so much news coming out about Tennessee yeah. to where I forget. Yeah. I know I know Weathersby's out for the year. Yeah. I don't know if Pack's back or not. He's been hurt, I swear, the past two years. But I think the second, I, like you said, Beasley and Peely are going to be your number ones. But I think the second rotation of guys is definitely going to be Carter and Herring. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not mad about that at all. No. Like, there's no worries about the yeah. linebackers or the defensive line for me. It's all the question marks as what we're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And this is the most controversial, and we're already at an hour and ten minutes. So we'll make this semi-quick, which sucks because whatever. But, all right, Danico Slaughter starting. There ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's He's got to start. The second guy is where you have the questions because there's so much competition. You know what? Slaughter at one. Let's go to the safeties. Okay. Okay. Here's here's my opinion. I think one of them at the beginning should be Wesley Walker. Absolutely. And I think Wesley Walker is actually going to have a really good year. He's got the talent, man. It's just, it's just be consistent. That's it. So, and I think we start out the year, like we said, I think McCullough starts the Virginia game. And I think he comes out as our second starting safety. Um, but like you said, I don't think it's going to last that long. Unless, unless he shows something. If he doesn't show any, like, super bad traits before the Florida game, he might even start the Florida game. Yeah. But the minute he does something bad in the Florida game, he's getting pulled. I can see him coming out there just from the aspect of he's played in a hostile environment. Yep. He's yep. done that. You know, so you know, maybe throwing out a young guy might not be the best idea until they, you know, get get a couple like series under their belt and you know, they get calmed down from just like probably just pure excitement. Yeah, and so and I'll ask you, okay. If you're thinking the second guy who comes in to replace either Walker or McCullough, who is that guy? Who's your guy that you want to see come out and be that, you know, force to take that spot? Tarantan. I love that kid. I, um, I think I think that because I've like I've heard a lot of good things about him. He came from too. Ohio State. He took last year to kind of 
You know, he was in the shadows. He never really came. I don't think he came in, but maybe two or three times. He he was just a grinder in the offseason from what he I understand. Hard, dude, yeah, dude. like, I mean, I I think we got something special with him, and I think it's just getting him out there. See, and I don't disagree with you, so I'm we'll, we'll go to the second safety. Because what I think, game one, I think uh, Kamal is going to start. The second safety or second corner? The second corner. And um, I think it's just like tank. I think it's more of a. It's like just let you let your game do the talk, dude. Like, yeah. Just and if he could stay that way, because he has the talent. But to me, if it were me, other than the young guys, because I feel like you know that's like our last resort kind of this year. But, God, dude, to me, uh, one. You got J- Gabe Giuliani. Yep. He's played in those. He's been in the SEC. He's, you know, he's played in hostile environments. He looks 40 years old. <laughs> yes. Um, But to me, dude, I really like, uh, you might laugh, but I think turnage. No, I, I agree. I like, dude, I like his attitude. I've seen his, like, press conferences. He seems like he's in a really good spot, and I think he could be that guy to where if someone you know messes up, that he could take that spot, and I wouldn't be worried about it. Yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree because you know listening to you know some other people talk, I'm not going to name the website because you know rocking with a bigger barrel, uh, <laughs> but you know listen, you know somebody made a really good comment, and they said, you know, Turnage when he first got to Tennessee, you know he got hurt and people said that it got to his head because once he came back, he got hurt again. So then it was really in his head, but they all said, you know, when turnage was healthy, turnage was good. Yeah. And I think that's the main, they said that their main focus with him has been getting his confidence back and getting him out of that shadow, that injury shadow of, Oh, it might happen again. And from what I understand is, you know, they've got that confidence back up and he's got confidence in himself. And, you know, I th- and like like we saw in the Kentucky game last year. You know, he knows how to play some ball, he, bro. He does. I mean, he, he's, he knows what he's doing. And I think if you get him consistent, and I think, I mean, I think all it's going to take is just, you know, more reps because mm-hmm. he didn't really play that much until the Kentucky game. But, you know, you get some more reps under him, let him get out there there in Virginia and Austin P and just, you know, that's one guy that you probably just let loose. Don't put a time restriction on him. Let him play, you know, let him run deep into the games and just, you know, let him get loose. And I think he'll end up being, I think eventually he'll end up taking that second role. Okay. So, and, and, you know, and we're not throwing shade at anyone else that's on this uh, roster because to be honest, I really like the depth of this secondary. Um, there's no names. Like, I mean, you you go from Slaughter, Lolly, Tank, D. Williams, Warren Burrell, Kamala Haddon, Turnage, McDonald, Wesley Walker, Christian Charles, Turrentine, Ricky Gibson, Christian Conyer. You could keep yeah. going on and on yeah. about our secondary to where another one, Deshaun Rucker. Like, I, I, I don't care what anyone says about him. I, I, I don't mind him. But there's so many people in front of him. He gave you valuable minutes there in Alabama. (laughs) He gave it it his best. He gave it his best. (laughs) But, um, 
But yeah, dude. Oh god, we're at an hour and fifteen ready. We could talk for another hour and a half. But um, this is the last, probably the last episode that goes live before the season. Okay. And we won't go through the whole schedule, but Virginia, we're gonna win the game. But what is your score prediction? I'm gonna say score prediction is probably gonna be. I'm gonna say fifty-two to ten. Okay. See. Here's my thing is I feel like Tennessee needs to make a statement that game yeah. with their defense. Yes. We're going to put up points, but a Virginia team, I really hope they could hold them under the double digits. I think you're going to see them go after the quarterback a lot. I think you're going to see a lot of blitz packages and they're going to put a lot of pressure on that quarterback. So, but I mean, you got anything else you want to talk about before we head out of here? No, man. I'm excited. I don't only Woo! work two, six two more days, baby. Only work two more days this, you know, this upcoming week. So I don't know. I'm going to just be sitting here probably watching old games, just mentally preparing. And <laughs> mentally preparing. And Tyler's actually going to the Nashville game. Yeah, so uh, be there. if you see him around, just give him a slap on the butt or something, you know. Yeah, man. But yep. um, I'll be the one yelling at the secondary probably if they, you know, first yeah. time they get burnt. <laughs> yeah. Please don't get burnt by a Virginia guy. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> anyway, this is the Beer Barrel Podcast. I'm your host, Normal Vol Fan, and that's my buddy Tyler to my right. Um, like I said, YouTube, it's free and easy. Like, subscribe, uh, share it a little bit if you want, but you can check us up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other major platforms. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, don't be afraid to. I'll be happy to answer anything or talk to anyone. Um, but all I can say is go Big Orange. Here we go. We're six days out, but this will probably come out on Friday, and it's shit-talking season. Oh, yeah. But, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to see how close we are with our predictions. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, guys, this is the Beer Barrel Podcast, and we're out. See ya.